your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to a Wednesday morning episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Sports Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade. Excited to be back for another show today. And I appreciate you all tuning in the last couple of weeks. It has been an awesome month for the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. I hope you all are enjoying everything that we are doing. Just a reminder that on Mondays, we have LaShawn Daniels joining. Every single Monday, breaking down the game. On Tuesdays, we do our analytics. On Wednesdays, we do our Kirk Ferentz's interviews. And then on Thursday, we break down the opposing team. And Friday, we give you our predictions. And on today's show, we are breaking down Kirk Ferentz's press conference. We're also going to be talking about Iowa basketball recruiting. They signed, or didn't sign, but they got a commitment from big-time in-state player Josh Dix. We're going to talk about what he brings to the team and where this recruiting class is after we talk through all of what Kirk Ferentz had to say, which includes who's injured, is Kyler Schott playing or not, what can he expect in this Kent State offense, and why is he not overly concerned about this Iowa offense. Some really great quotes about that. We're covering it all on the show today. And after you get done listening to the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, there's simply no better place than to get all the news in the Big Ten Conference than with Nate Dickinson in the Locked On Big Ten podcast. Follow the Locked On Big Ten podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast at. And let's get into it. We have a lot of stuff to cover with Kirk Ferentz. He said a lot of things. You know, some people thought it was kind of a boring interview. I actually felt like he did a really good job of, of kind of highlighting some things that we have talked about on the show and really reinforcing some of our thoughts there. He come, he always For all of his interviews, he comes out, gives a kind of a long quote, and then is opening up for questions. During his quote, he said, I thought our special teams were really big in our success, certainly. Starting with our specialist, Tori did a great job. Happy to see him recognized by the Big Ten. He just did a great job affecting field position all day long for us. And as you might know by now, Tory Taylor was named special teams co-Big Ten player of the week. Um, he has been phenomenal. I mean, what a way to build off of a, a freshman season, a freshman season where you've never played football before until that very first game against Purdue. Ten games in, Tory looks like he will be an NFL punter. I have no doubt about it at this point. What he's doing is, is incredible. Yes, there are things to improve. But his ability to boot the ball is simply changing the dynamics of the game. It literally flipped the script against Iowa State. If you factor that in, it's almost 150 yards difference in Torrey's punting versus the Iowa State punters punting, and that is a huge difference in terms of the gameplay. Landing so many inside the 20. This year, Torrey is 7th in the nation in punt average at 50.4 yards, 44.1 in net punting average, which is ninth out of all the guys who have double-digit punts, which I think is also important. You can be pretty good one punt, but can you be good for a lot of them? Tory Taylor is doing it. And they got asked the question, was he expecting this from Tory?" They said, no. I was hoping he was good, but like, wow. The best part, he has no idea what he's doing half the time in terms of football. He does as a player. The rest of the stuff, it's an adventure ride for him. He's enjoying life. He has such a good approach, just really underwhelmed by all of it, what he's doing. He just goes out and plays. Now, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know we interviewed Tory Taylor about a month and a half ago, and I couldn't agree more. His his outlook on everything was just, this is great. I'm having fun. Let's kick some footballs. This is a good time. And you can tell it just doesn't stress him out at all. He's very excited about what he gets to do. It doesn't make him nervous in any way, shape, or form. And he was really excited, though, to be able to go out and actually understand kind of things that are happening on the field. I love this. You couldn't have this happen to a better kid. Uh, Tory Taylor, awesome guy and kid. I mean, he's a young adult. I think he's 23 or 24. 
he is going to have a big time career in the NFL after he gets done punting for the Iowa Hawkeyes because this guy, this guy is amazing. Now on the show yesterday, we talked a lot about the drive, the the drive at the end of the second quarter. Everyone was very upset that Iowa they thought were in prevent defense. They weren't. They were playing their legitimate defense. They also, I would argue that Iowa wasn't playing the best of defense in that drive in the fourth quarter where Hunter Deckers drove Iowa State down the field. It felt like communication was lacking. It felt like they were kind of rotating some guys in and out. And Kirk Ferentz basically said as much. He said there was a lapse before the half, gave up a big play, which was really costly. Didn't finish the game out really well either in the fourth quarter. This was about the defense. So, yes, the defense overall, the box score, played awesome. A great defense, though, doesn't let that drive in the second quarter or that drive in the fourth quarter happen. Regardless of the outcome of the game, you can't let that kind of stuff happen. You cannot let a lapse in you know, mental awareness happen like that that impacts the game in such a, a negative direction, allowing a touchdown, taking away literally all the momentum that Iowa just came. They sucked the life out of Jack Tri Stadium and then allowed Iowa State to drive down the field in a minute. Now, again, we talked about that whole drive on yesterday's show. So if you want to go back, listen to that, or if you want to listen to it and you don't want to listen to the whole show, let me know. I can cut that out and give you a clip of that as well. They were playing the regular defense. There were just some miscommunications. I thought Iowa was in their normal defense doing a pretty good job. Now, he also got asked some questions about the offense, which was to be expected. About the concerns, he says, concern is not the right word, but certainly interest. As I mentioned, I think... The biggest thing right now is consistency. We've done some good things at times. Other times, not so good. I can't tell you it's unpredicted or unexpected. What I would be concerned about is if we don't see continual growth. That's kind of what we're banking on here as we move forward. That's for our whole football team, but especially up on both lines because that's where it shows a little bit more than in other places. Let's start with the offense piece. Yes, they have had really beautiful drives. That drive... To close out the second half or the first half for Iowa with the beautiful throw to Charlie Jones, phenomenal drive. The drive after the Matt Hankins interception, phenomenal. I mean, these were good drives. The second quarter, Iowa's offense looked really good. The first quarter, I'm going to chalk that up to Spencer Petras. I, I talk about Spencer a lot on the show, um, the good, the bad. I try to be as unbiased as possible. That first quarter, that's on Spencer. He's rocketing balls into the running backs. 100 miles an hour, they're three feet away. He's hitting them not in stride. He's hitting them where they're not expecting the ball. He's getting anxious. Some balls are sailing on him. The second quarter, he was locked in and ready to roll. We saw this against Wisconsin that second half. He came out, Illinois, second half, came out awesome. Both teams, awesome second halves. We need to see Spencer get it going for the entire game. He has not put an entire game together yet. And he also talked, Kirk said a little bit more about Spencer. He said, Protecting the ball is really important. I didn't see the game last night, but I was told two turnovers last night in the losing team. That's a formula that doesn't, that doesn't change. I know it's not very popular. You don't get a lot of points from that. There's a lot to be said for that if you're smart with the football. I talked about this. Yes, Spencer needs better pocket awareness on third down. I think Chad Lysko actually did a really nice analysis of that those third down sacks, and it wasn't as much Spencer's fault as we probably attributed to. And I talked about it on the show yesterday. The offensive line has not been giving him as good of protection as you would expect. And that's to be expected because this offensive line is very young. All right. And when I say not to be expected, it's because you always expect Iowa's offensive line collectively to be a good pass blocking unit. But when you look at each individual part of Iowa's offensive line, it's a young team that's having some growing pains. This is not all on Spencer. 
those third down sacks, yes, he needs to get out of the pocket. He needs to throw it away if he can. He needs to realize pressure quicker. He needs to get off his first read quicker or at all. But the offensive line is also part of that problem. I expect it to get better. This game against Kent State is going to be a really great opportunity for Iowa's offensive line to continue to gel. Getting Kyler shot back in the mix is going to be absolutely huge. And getting the wide receivers going against a not top 15 secondary. I mean, Iowa State and Indiana have phenomenal secondaries. That's tough for this Iowa wide receiver group to get going. I'm really excited to see how Iowa gets these wide receivers involved. We haven't seen this offense open up as much as we have seen in the past. Again, the big thing to note there, though, they were really happy with Spencer just controlling the football. If you throw interceptions, that hurts the team. He said, we're all talking that way about the offense. We all know each other well enough to understand the way the game was going Saturday. What you don't want to do is blow an opportunity and start getting reckless, whatever, for statistics, whatever. Things could have fallen through. We saw that happen last year against Purdue and Northwestern. They know better. They learned from that, which I like to see. They were not going to take that risk. And you saw Spencer being even more cautious with the football. Only one turnover-worthy throw the entire day. I don't remember those being in the third or fourth. I think that was actually in the first or second quarter. Awesome. He did what he needed to do to get us the W. Now, again, as Kirk said, I expect growth. I want this offense to grow, and I expect them to get better as we go against weaker defenses. We have three weeks in a row of relatively weak defenses. Relatively. They're not Indiana and they're not Iowa State. Kent State has some good numbers, but they're not an Indiana or Iowa State. So I'm really excited to see what the offense can do. Coming up on segment two, we're going to continue our breakdown of what Kirk said and highlight kind of the points that he is making and why it's impactful for the rest of the season. I do want to tell you about betonline.ag, though. Betonline.ag is back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on the field to start another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head over to that website or use your mobile device this time today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up when you use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline, the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, y'all, we are back for segment two. This is a reminder that you can get this podcast for free wherever you get podcasts at. You can also watch us for free on YouTube. That includes our Monday morning recaps with Sean Daniels, so make sure to tune into that. If you haven't done this already, please do subscribe wherever you are finding us at. And if you haven't done this, please give us a five-star review. Let other Iowa fans know how awesome this podcast is. Let them know why you listen to us on a daily basis. And I appreciate all of you for listening in those times. So we talked about the offense. We talked about Kyler shot and the fact that he is returning. He's probably going to be on a pitch count. What I expect is that we're not going to get Kyler shot full-blown until Maryland. You don't need to. You have Kent State. You have Colorado State. Iowa's offensive line has had tougher tests to this point. Kyler Shot is going to get integrated into that mix. And I bet by Maryland, he is now playing the predominant amount of snaps. So when Kyler Shot joins the team, what is going to happen to this offensive line? I want to break it down a little bit. This is really going to be an interesting situation because some guys are excelling in certain places. The top run blockers, Justin Britt, a 90.2 grade in 48 snaps. 
Connor Colby, true freshman, 79.9 and 22 snaps. Tyler Linderbaum, 71.2 and 64 snaps. Cody Ince, 69.6 and 60 snaps. Mason Richmond, 66 and 62 snaps. Nick DeJong, 61.2 and 53 snaps. And Jack Plum, 48 and 15 snaps. Y'all know my thought. If you've listened to any episode before, you know my thoughts on Jack Plum. I just don't think he has what it takes to cut it. Let's look at pass blockers, though, because this gets a bit more interesting. Connor Colby, 74.8 and 16 snaps. Again, smaller sample size, but doing well when he's out there. Cody Ince, 67.5 and 60 snaps. Nick DeJong, 62.3 and 56. Linderbaum, 57.5 and 60 snaps. Justin Britt, 33.8 and 45 snaps. Mason Richmond, 32.1 and 45 snaps. And Jack Plum has a zero. That's right, a zero PFF grade and six snaps. Again, snap size does matter. Bigger sample sizes means a better, you know, better opportunity to predict what could happen going forward. Now, here's what I think would be an ideal offensive line long-term. Mason Richmond at the left tackle. I could see Mason and Nick kind of rotating if they wanted to. Connor Colby at the left guard. Tyler Linder, or I think Connor Colby actually the right guard. Tyler shot the left guard. Tyler Linderbaum, either way, the guard spots. Tyler Linderbaum at the center position. And Cody Ince at the tackle position on the right side. You might say, Andrew, Cody plays guard. This is the one player on this entire team who can play all five positions. Iowa just didn't have him working at that tackle spot as much because he was dealing with some things in camp and they didn't want to overwhelm him. But if you want to get your five best linemen on the field at any given time and develop youth, you got to go Mason Richmond, Connor Colby, Tyler Linderbaum, Kyler Schott, and Cody Ince. I think it's it's fair enough to say if you want to put in Cody Ince at the guard spot and leave Nick DeJong, I'm okay with that as well. But Connor Colby being a true freshman and how well he's been playing, now, I would love to see Justin Britt. I, could, I would see they're probably going to continue to rotate him in a little bit. I mean, what he's doing from a, a rushing a rushing perspective, a pass or a rush blocking perspective has been phenomenal. Pass blocking, not so good. And that's really where we need a lot of emphasis at because pass blocking has been a big struggle point for the Iowa offensive line. And he actually mentioned, uh, Kirk talked a little bit about this offensive line because if we were to start Connor Colby, Mason Richmond, those are two very young guys, a retro freshman and a true freshman. And I've been making this comparison for a while. I've been comparing these guys to the time where we had Alaric Jackson and Tristan Wirfs. And a reporter asked, what do you make of this young offensive line? When was the last time you had this young of an offensive line? He said, that's a good question. Probably when Jackson and Wirfs were playing tackle for us. Walking out to the field behind Boom Myers, Ike Bucker, it dawned on me, here's two fifth-year guys that aren't playing. A first-year and a second-year tandem we just talked about. They were starting for us. Those guys were really good players, NFL players today, but they weren't there. They were young guys learning how to play. You pay some dues along the way. We paid for it then too, but it paid off for us down the road. Yeah, that's part of the territory sometimes. So when I look at that comment, I see a team that is willing to grow with some of the difficulties, right? Mason Richmond's going to get beat at times. Connor Colby's going to get beat at times. But having those two guys there is a stabilizing force for this offensive line for years to come. Two, three, four years down the road. That's how important it is to have those guys in the lineup. And that's why I think that's why they're going to have Connor Colby at least getting half the snaps. And ideally, I would like to see him at guard 
with Cody Ince playing that tackle spot while we get Connor Colby up to speed. Obviously, there's a lot of other guys who can play that tackle spot as well. Tyler Ellsbury, although he's been working at the guard spot. David Davikoff is a guy who's been kind of working there. Michael Maslinski can play the center spot, a recruit out of the 2021 class, and he has been playing you know well and is very, very limited snap. So very exciting stuff nonetheless. He also talked a little bit about the Iowa State game and why offensively, again, that they were not really going for, right? He said, our defense is playing pretty well. We're doing a good job of special teams. The clock was really our friend, and ball possession was our friend. We would like to run the ball better in the second half. We didn't do that. At some point, we're going to have to get better at those kinds of situations. The biggest thing that could have screwed up Saturday, though, is, again, turning over the ball. There no need, there's no need to be reckless at all. That could blow up in your face. And he mentioned reckless twice. And then he said, sometimes you go with the feel of the game. There's some games where you feel like the momentum is going a certain way and you play to that circumstance. I feel like they thought, let's not give Iowa State an opportunity to get back in it because they have one chance. Maybe they do. Iowa State has the ability to put on points very, very quickly. The last thing I want to mention is that he said, when people asked him about 2-0 and and being ranked, and he said, it doesn't matter. We could go 2-10. and And I want to quickly call it out because – Celia Palermo of WQAD, she does a great job of reporting on all the you know in-state athletics and also Illinois as well. She actually thought Kent State could be a really big – opportunity is the wrong word, but chance of Iowa messing something up. A look-ahead game. They just took off two very emotionally charged, high-energy games, and they get what they consider a cupcake. If I was not ready for that, Kent State could come out swinging. They are going to. This is a good program now. This is not the Kent State the last decade and a half. This is a better program, and they are ready to play against Iowa. So that will be really interesting to me to see how Iowa takes that on. I hope Iowa comes out slugging, say let's get a big lead in the first half, and let's ride it in the second half and get some of these younger guys in the game so they have an opportunity to gain some experience. Coming up on segment three, that does do it for our Kirk Ferentz press conference. On segment three, we're going to talk about Josh Dix and what this means from a basketball team perspective. On tomorrow's show, we're going to be breaking down everything you need to know about Kent State. That's right, everything you need to know about Kent State. I do, though, want to tell you about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the market today. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. It is delicious. I have so many Built Bars in my office right now. You can't see them. I'm not allowed to show them because of YouTube writes. But I have so many of them. My favorite is the white chocolate birthday cake with sprinkles. They also have nine other all-the-time delicious flavors. I would say regulars, I should say. And they also have a lot of limited-time flavors you can get your hands on that are absolutely delicious. And the best part about these Built Bars, though, is not the taste. It's the health benefits. Between 17 and 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs, nine amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. You can get yours today. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use that promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And I do want to tell you about Prize Picks, college football fanatics. If you have not heard about Prize Picks, you got to check it out today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and I know you will too. Prize Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy. Price Picks offers more college football props than anyone in the world and offers all the star players out of the Power Five, as well as mid-major players you might not have even heard of. Price Picks offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. All of our users that deposit and use your promo code, which we're going to get to you soon, receives a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you 
first the projected number. Price pick allows mixed sport entries. You can take the over on LeBron combined with the under on Mahomes in the same entry. And you can use this award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play, and entries can be made within 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Prize Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. So don't hesitate. Check out Prize Picks today or go to your App Store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. And for segment three, we're breaking down basketball. Iowa gets a commit from Josh Dix, the 160th ranked player in the nation, the number one out of the state of Iowa. It's always good when Iowa can land the in-state kids. You want them to be able to do that. And they did. Three-star recruit, a shooting guard, a perfect compliment to DeSante Bowen, our four-star guard that we got, our point guard. That is going to be a backcourt that could be lethal for years to come. And what Josh Dix brings is different than what we've seen. Tony Perkins is a slasher. He's a guy who can get to the basket. He's a guy who can get up and put up points by being close into the basket and plays phenomenal defense. Josh Dix is an all-around offensive player. He can shoot. He can drive. But he's primarily going to be able to get the ball and make and create his own shot. But he's not going to be the guy who's a slashing to the, the rim every single play. That is going to feed well off of DeSante Bowen, a guy who can get to the rim, a guy who likes to distribute it out to a guy like Josh Dix on the perimeter being able to shoot the ball. What this means, getting a 6'5", Three-star guard, we have our backcourt of the future. But what Iowa needs now is a forward, possibly two. There's a couple guys they're looking at. And I real quick, I want to finish up on Josh Six. I got a little bit ahead of myself. But, again, a very offensive-minded guy. Had 10 offers, including Wisconsin. This is a guy who was coveted from several teams and chose Iowa. That's huge. Moving on, Iowa has a couple guys they're highly targeting. Tyler Nickel, Jackson Kohler, and Aiden Shaw. Tyler Nickel is committing today. So as you're listening to this, he is committing today, this afternoon, more than likely going to Virginia Tech. If he goes to Iowa, big shocker, ring the doorbells. It is awesome. Iowa landed him, but I'm pretty sure he's going to Virginia Tech. Jackson Kohler, he's a four-star forward as well out of California. He's been heavily targeted by the Spartans. Right now, probably leaning the Spartans. Iowa's not going to give up on him, though. And the other guy to look out for is Aiden Shaw, who's committing on 9-17, which is Friday, if my mental math is right. He's a four-star top 100 guy. No crystal ball for Aiden Shaw. It was thought that he might be pretty interested in Kansas. Iowa came on a bit late, but he actually used an official visit to go to Iowa. Iowa's very much in the running here. There's not been a word coming out yet about where he's potentially going, as far as I'm aware of. And if he goes to Iowa... That would be arguably one of the best recruiting classes Fran McCaffrey has had in years. After these guys, though, it's getting a bit interesting. Basketball recruiting is, is kind of drying up a little bit, similar to what we saw from a football perspective. There could be guys that continue to develop in Iowa offers late in the game. Look what happened. They got Keegan and Chris Murray, guys who are three-star recruits. Well, turned into three-star recruits. Those are guys who were unranked prior to giving them scholarship offers. And also, I apologize if you hear my dogs. They are being absolutely ridiculous, but I can't really do much when I'm on YouTube and they're barking and I'm the one watching them. But Iowa got Keegan and Chris Murray late in the process. I trust Fran McCaffrey and his coaching staff to be able to find and develop these guys, but it would be great to get one of these four-star forwards. If not, it's kind of it's kind of be interesting to see where they go because a lot of their targets have committed. Even Reed Bailey, a guy who was very close to Desante Bowen, a guy who wasn't getting recruited heavily, committed to Davidson. Can Iowa switch him? Maybe. That'll be really interesting to see, though. So from a basketball perspective, um, some really big-time news potentially coming up in the next couple of days that I'll be watching heavily. If they are able to land one of these three guys, that is a huge recruiting class for the Iowa basketball team. 
huge, especially considering how many young, talented players they already have on it. Matching these guys, those the current players, this is a basketball team that will be very good for years to come. This could be a down year. I don't think it will be, but this recruiting class coming in and the talent we already, already have, Fred McCaffrey is not building a one-year wonder. He is building a program. And I know it's been nine, ten years at this point, but I really think the guys he's getting in truly fit his system. They can play defensive basketball as well as they can also get to the basket and they have some shooting abilities. This class right now that he's working on building up embodies many of those principles that Fran McCaffrey holds very near and dear to his heart. That does do it for our show today, though. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we're going to be breaking down Kent State, going through a whole preview of what Kent State brings to the table and how Iowa can stop them. And on Friday, we're giving you our predictions. And if you want to listen to some more Locked On content, betting on your team does not have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by BetOnline.ag wherever you get your podcast app. And that does do it for our show today. Just a reminder, if you haven't already, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Subscribe wherever you download this podcast app. Hawkeye Nation, I appreciate your love, your listenership, and your support. Have a fantastic Wednesday, and let's go Hawks.